Lovers, welcome back. You are listening to And the Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce. You have your hosts, Dion McDonald. Good morning. Good morning. And me, Jackie <laughs> Trammell. This is a weird one because I'm sipping it's coffee right. and not bubbles. I know, I know. So just for our listeners, um, Jackie and I have had the hardest time getting our schedules to mesh. And so finally, we're like, all right, let's do it at 9 a.m. on a, what day is it? Thursday? Thursday, Thursday morning. It's Thursday. Yeah. yeah. It's a thirsty Thursday. Um, <laughs> I had my coffee already, and now I'm just here with nothing in my hand. So it feels really weird. I have some some very cold coffee that'll have to get me oh. through until I can get oh. downstairs and mm-hmm. and get some fresh coffee but um yeah it has been chaotic i mean you and i both have started relatively recently new jobs that are just Mm -hmm. completely sort of upending our schedules yeah which is a good thing like Mm -hmm. having a good job that you like is Mm -hmm. important but we're having to get a little creative here with the podcast because i'm not i know let this go no and sadly we um we can't be together because i always prefer like actually Mm -hmm being in the same room with you, but you know, sometimes you just do what you have to do and here we are. So thanks for bearing with us. Yes. And Mm -hmm. thank goodness this world allows us to have the technology to do this (laughs) when we have to. Right. Okay. So I have your favorite, your favorite thing. Oh no. We are welcoming. (laughs) Okay. Fine. Bring it. I will tell you. You have been doing great. And I think, (laughs) I don't think this one will be, particularly difficult well don't Um, say that (laughs) just give it to me because now i'm like oh great (laughs) no pressure but you know right Uh um so this is our 76th country it is home to the world's largest airport it is full of young people the mean age is 30 and two-thirds of the population is under 35 now here's one I know. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. And this country has not only the world's largest desert, but also has the most oil in the world. Okay. So it's got to be in the Middle East. Yes. Just get, yes. Okay. Yes. Give me that. Um, that's so I, you know what I need to do? And maybe there are some savvy listeners out there doing this, but I need to actually go through our countries, write down who we already have, because I always get these great ideas and I'm like, oh, this has got to be it. And then you're like, no, we already have <laughs> so well I um, should send you the current list because I can I can yeah. to you. This is one okay. that I honestly thought we had a long time ago. So Okay, so my first thought would be Saudi Arabia. Ding 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 ding. Shut up! No, you way. got it. it the... Okay, so I thought we already had that one, but I was like, I'm gonna go on a limb and just say like this is what it is. So oh my gosh. It so is welcome, now... Saudi Arabia. <gasps> welcome. We I didn't are know they... ex- we're excited I just, to I have you. Yeah. I didn't know they had such a young population. That's so surprising to me. I thought that was really interesting um, to learn and that they have the world's largest airport. As someone who travels yeah. for work a lot, not right. globally, um, <laughs> large airports are scary. So I was like, oh, <laughs> well, you know so what, though, at that airport, but if you're if you're under 35, you've got all the tech tools at your disposal. So <laughs> you are good to go. Let's. That's amazing. Well, welcome, Saudi Arabians. We're very happy to have you. Yes. Okay. So, you know, I always find interesting new things um, Mm -hmm. in the world of dating and relationships. And previously, we talked about the idea of cuffing 
um, which as a reminder is, you know, when the when fall comes around and people start looking for a partner for those colder winter months or someone to hang out with through the different holiday seasons, um, that that practice is called cuffing. I learned two more um, words, I guess, about <laughs> dating and relationships. Okay. One Bring is it. called one is called winter coating, which is oh like gosh. reaching back out to exes in hopes of getting back together which is in the idea of putting on an old coat. Oh, I so have, I'm, have you ever done there, any winter yeah. coating? Oh, yeah. Like in the summer. I'm just saying and there, there is no right or wrong season to winter coat. I mean, I winter coated in all seasons. It's just, you know, depends is on winter coating <laughs> an approach to cuffing. Is it like, Maybe, uh, maybe well, like wait, you want to cuff your winter coat for, uh, <laughs> well, is winter coating, is that like more, oh, I just need a winter coat for tonight or is it, I need a winter coat for the whole winter season? I think winter coats are versatile and each person needs something different <laughs> okay. from their winter coat. And Cause I've, so, I've often just wanted a winter coat for the night. And so that works for me. Like it's a particularly chilly night. Mm -hmm. You just want a mm -hmm. winter coat for the night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the next day, like, the next day you might be ready to do some cobwebbing. Oh fuck! What? 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 Cobwebbing is oh dusting God. off the cobwebs to clear space for a fresh new start. So, if you think about, like, if you've ever been on a dating app, that might be clearing out old matches that you know you might still be chatting with that is never going to go anywhere. Or going through your phone, um, if you're looking for a fresh start, going through your phone and deleting all the exes or old hookups just to, like, maybe oh. sort of emotionally, mentally clear space in your yeah. life for something fresh mm. and new. So cobwebbing sounds dirtier than it is. Right. I was going to say that's a very positive thing, actually. Right? I, I mean, so. it's... Yeah, it's kind of a it, it's kind of a negative sounding term for something that's like a really positive action, in my opinion. And if you do your cobwebbing, you may not have as many winter coats for cuffing season. But oh my god! <laughs> but I, it is what, what it is. I I am going to step on a limb here and say that you were the first person in the history of relationships to use all three of those terms in one sentence, and I give you mad props for that. Thank you. I, I'll go with that as my accomplishment <laughs> for today. Put that on your next um, online dating app. Yes, yes. You're so like, here we yeah, are. It's almost it's almost Halloween. By the time our listeners listen to this, it will be All Saints Day. All um, Saints Day. Happy Halloween to you, Dion. And um, hopefully um, this month has been going well for you. It's been kind of a bitch for me, honestly. Like In this month, way? um, a lot of not I, I shouldn't say for me, not maybe directly for me, but a lot of the people in my world, in my life, have um had a lot of losses this month. So, mm. a good friend of our show lost his mother. Um, another friend of mine just lost her mom this week. I had a friend that passed away a couple weeks ago, and then a friend who lost a child earlier this month. So. Oh. It's just been a really hard month for the people that I love. And so just, I guess I just wanted to mention that in a, if you're listening and you've been going through a tough time this month, um, maybe it's just me and my circle. I don't think that it is, but, um, you know, 
I just, just sending love to everyone who's hurting this month right now. Yeah. No, it's, I, I was just thinking, I can't think of anything offhand like that. Um, but I just think, you know, there, it seems like there are times when everything happens at once, you know, whether it's you in your circle or just in the world at large. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard. So that's what we're here for, just to be there for each other because nobody escapes the hard times. And yeah. yeah. So if you guys are going through a hard time, we're here for you. And hopefully we can provide just a little moment of respite or, you know, emotional comfort for whatever you're going through. Yes, absolutely. So a little, and I, and, sorry, a little just laughter a, maybe even. Yeah. And, and on a little moment of levity, <laughs> I saw this hilarious meme which I'll probably post on our Facebook, but I just had to read it out loud because it cracked me up. So <laughs> it says, and all y'all out there will probably get a kick out of this like I did. It says, I like older women because they've gotten used to life's disappointments, which means they're ready for me. <laughs> love that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bless. But, you know, love the self-awareness. So thank you. And so on topic for today. <laughs> I know. That's what I was like. And I saw that before we even chose our topic. So I was dying. I was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> well, I do hope everyone, if you didn't already see the um, funny little clip that we both posted to our Facebook page about red flags, please go well, check I took out down Facebook. Two posts. I took oh, down okay. the second post. So it doesn't look like this too. <laughs> go check out our Facebook page. There's a hilarious short clip. <laughs> by a very funny comedian whose name is escaping me um, about red flags. I, you'll be glad you did. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it's so, not just, it, it, was, it was red flags, but it was like, it touched on a bunch of like the ghosting thing. It touched on several different It did. So that was funny. I think I got more hung up on the red flag, but once you said that, I was like, oh, she's right. There's a lot more than just, than just yeah. uh, the red flags well, posted it there. It was, other people are out there like, thinking about the same things we are so that was <laughs> and <good. laughs> and experiencing them in very dramatic ways yes and i apologize for being away from the camera for a second i'm i don't know if i told you this so i'll just but i'm actually fostering a dog right now and oh, wonderful. He is just so precious and you know me and dogs so i'm filling his kong with peanut butter so that he'll leave me alone while we're oh. doing this podcast <laughs> i think that's brilliant you know my sister just posted that that she's fostering a dog right now too. So props to you oh, guys nice. for doing that. It's yeah. such an important um, thing. It and, is. And I'm so proud of you both for doing that. And can I, on that note, just give a plug to this organization that I absolutely love where I'm getting these fosters from. I've done, this is the second one. And it's called Three Little Pities. Three Little Pities, like pitbulls. Oh, it's yeah. Of, yeah, it's out of Houston, Texas. And they are so wonderful. It's a bunch of young women, and I just love them. They, young women are the core of it, but then they have a ton of volunteers that help them out. Um, and they, you know, I guess uh, there are some states that aren't as, like, they don't love dogs quite like we do here in the Washington area. And so there's some issues with street dogs, and, and this organization goes out and finds dogs that have been dumped um, and cats, but mostly dogs, and then brings them into their facility, rehabs them, kind of socializes them, and then basically tries to get them up into the Pacific Northwest, where we're like clamoring for dogs. Yeah. Um, so it's just a wonderful organization. I've supported them financially. I've fostered through them before. 
Um, and I just try to help them out as much as I can. So if any of you guys out there are looking for amazing dogs that just want to be loved and have a better life, three little pitties, P-I-T-T-I-E-S. <laughs> Maybe you could post a link on our yeah. Facebook for them. Okay. Um, and I'll that do that. May, that'll make it easier for folks to find them. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, so I hope you're that's having good. fun. I know you love dogs, so I'm sure you're having a blast. I am. And this one's it. great. I don't know. I might be a foster fail on this one. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so sorry. Go on to the, your topic. I was just, I had well, to explain it's our where topic. I was. Yeah. Well, it's you're introducing topic. it. You're introducing yes. it. Go for it. Well, so the idea that I wanted to discuss today is how do you know when you are ready for love? You know, and, and the reason that this one kind of hit me is I look back on my sort of my dating history post-divorce and I really feel like, or not even feel like, I know that when I left my marriage and went back out into the dating world, I just had this sense that I was going to immediately find true love and just within, you know, months be in love with someone and moving on and in this, you know, perfect relationship. And right. had, it never occurred to me that I might not actually be ready for that. And it's been through a lot of lessons learned over the last 10 years and a lot of experience and self-reflection that I've come to realize that in that moment, I actually wasn't ready. And I had people say things to me at the time, like, oh, well, you're just not ready yet. You need time. And I was like, I do not. Like, I would get so resentful when people would say things like that. But looking back, you know, I, I sort of begrudgingly admit that they were right and that I did need to go through some some period of self-growth. And, and um, so I'm just really glad that I did that. And, and I feel like now I'm in a position where I'm truly ready in a way that I wasn't then. Um, hmm. And so it just felt like an interesting thing to discuss. And I'm really curious, Dion, when, when we, when I proposed this topic and you, you were jumping on it, where, where does, how does it resonate with you? Where, where's your per perspective on this? Um, well, I will, I will share that, but can I just make quick mention of something that you said that kind of struck a chord in me? Um, Okay. So how do I say this? Like, I, I totally hear what you're saying about like you not being ready. I do have a little bit of a um, pushback or a little bit of a, I don't know, a kind of a negative reaction when I hear you say people told you that you weren't ready because A, I feel like, I don't know. And maybe this is just me because I don't, you know, me and my shoulds, like you should do this. You should do that. Like I have a problem with people saying like, this is where you are, or this is where you should be. Um, and, and maybe these are people that knew you really, really, really well. I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case, but I feel like I'm the only person who can really say when I'm ready. Is that, does that make sense? A hundred percent. And I want to clarify the, the one person that leaps to mind that literally told me, well, you're not ready. You have to go through all of this was not anyone that's part of my friend circle. It was actually someone I was interested in dating. Whoa. Oh, so, so well, it wasn't even... just, just, just to be clear that I'm not, it, it wasn't like most of my friends were all of my friends really were incredibly supportive and like, whatever you want, whatever you need, we're here for you as, as you know, good friends would do. This was someone who I was like, well, who the hell are you? And why do you, okay. Okay. But that's the that reaction was... that I had. <laughs> but he was right. 
damn okay. it. He was right. I was not ready. <laughs> All right. I would just have a real issue with, especially with someone I was dating saying that. I'd be like, oh, okay. I mean, but that's just that was, that thing. was our last date. <laughs> okay. All right. So having said that, um, so where am I with this topic? Um, yeah, it's always been a question, hasn't it? Because let's just be honest. Like this is, this is all about being honest and vulnerable here on this podcast. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Um, I have been told, and this is probably true, that I'm a serial monogamist, which is to say that in my adult life, it's kind of been a rare thing that I've been single for a long period of time. Um, so (laughs) I might not be the best person to ask the question, how do you know that you're ready for love? Because I'm like, literally, this is funny. My perspective is almost opposite. Like I've been at a point where I think, well, I'm probably not ready, but here's this person. And I really, really like this person. So let's just jump right in. Um, having said that I don't tend to jump right in head first. I go in cautiously, but I just feel like, I I mean, let's, yeah, I guess again, full disclosure, I've never really been one to just sit down and think logically when it comes to the whole love thing. I am more like, I'm so, and we've talked about this before, like, yes, I'm a logical person when it needs, when I need to be in certain situations, but when it comes to love, I've always followed my heart quote, um, (laughs) which, you know, going back to our old mantra about the heart and the head and the gut and the vagina all being in like alignment, I would say that my heart and my vagina tend to win out (laughs) over my head and my gut. So, (laughs) so, you know, I was, I was doing some research on this topic, looking at all these articles, you know, like, how do you know you're ready for love? And I'm thinking, huh, maybe I should have sat down and read some of this stuff before. (laughs) So I think that you and I, um, which is kind of fun when this happens, we're coming at this from probably fairly opposite perspectives. Um, You're someone who hasn't been in a long-term relationship for a while. And you're at the point where you're like, yeah, I've done my work. I'm, I feel like I'm there or I have done my work, but it seems to be often, I don't want to say always, but more often than not within the context of a relationship. So I don't think there's a right or wrong. No, there isn't. It's just different. One of the first um, hits that I got when I Googled this, because, hey, listeners, we don't just know all this stuff off the top of our heads. We go to the the interwebs to inform our our conversation. So one of the first hits was a quiz that's asking, are you ready? So I took this quiz from proprofs.com, P-R-O-P-R-O-F-S, excuse me. P-R-O-P-R-O-F-S.com. They have all kinds of quizzes, but they had one specifically on this topic. And good news, turns out, according to these experts, I am, in fact, ready for love. So so we can just end the episode right here. It's done. I took a quiz. (laughs) Well, for you, girl, you go. I'm ready for love. Um, But, I, you know, I'm sure you and I did a lot of the same type of research. I have little checklists from several different um, sites that I thought were really interesting. 
I'll lead off by saying um, betterhelp.com, which many of you probably know from ads about online yeah. counseling and that kind of thing. So they actually posted an article on this topic. How do I know if I'm ready for a relationship? And I thought their first one was interesting. It's that you have financial stability. I yes. think, I think, you know, a lot of this other stuff is very, um, sort of emotional and that kind of thing, but it is important to consider the practical ramifications oh, of a relationship. So having financial stability is really important. And, you know, they talked about that from the sense that, you know, if the relationship maybe didn't work out, that that you would be able to be okay on your own. Or if you got into a, you know, much more serious relationship and your partner's you know, financial situation changed unexpectedly. Like you have to kind of be able to work together, I guess, in that way. The next thing is that you're content being alone, which I think is one of the, when we talk about the things that I needed to work on immediately after my marriage ended, I think that was the hardest for me was to get to a place where I am actually content being on my own. Mm. That took a lot longer and I never until recently really realized the importance of being content with that because it felt so what like do you say... sorry oh, sorry when you say on oh, your just... own like do you mean just like not having a partner or do you mean like spending time alone I think it means both when I when I looked at the article and I didn't write you know I didn't print the whole thing out or anything but basically they were talking about you're content doing things alone you're happy in the life that you have there's space for someone else, um, but you are content being on your own. So you can kind of just sit back and relax about it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you can negotiate domestic things fairly is another one. And they're talking about, you know, uh, household duties, um, approaches to, you know, everyone, my version of a clean house might be different than your version of a right. clean house and being <laughs> able to, to negotiate those sort of domestic concerns mm -hmm. fairly, having time for a partner, and that you're not afraid to seek help, which isn't surprising coming from a counseling organization that they would be encouraging counseling, but they do say it's really important and good couples counseling can last for up to four years. So they're talking about seeking help like couples counseling, not necessarily like just working on yourself. I think they, the article was really a proponent of both. Mm -hmm. Understandably, again, it's from an organization that is a counseling organization, mm -hmm. but I do think that they were they were acknowledging the importance of counseling for yourself, but also as a couple. Right. Okay. No, I mean, those are all, yeah. Were there any that resonated with you or did they all kind of like hit you? I think, you know, when you look at this in through the lens of where I first came into the dating world. One of my biggest concerns and one of the reasons I, I stayed in my marriage for as long as I did was that I don't know if I can financially afford to be on my own. Um, mm -hmm. And so thinking, okay, gosh, I just, I'm going to find someone right away who's going to become a partner and that will lessen my financial burden and that'll make my, and so I think I kind of came into the world of dating hoping to find someone quickly for some of those reasons, which were not good. And I kind of glad that it didn't work out that way because, um, oh, yeah. 
yeah, because it just needed, it just needed to happen that way. Well, um, and as you're speaking about that specific thing, I can think of, well, I would imagine that there are a lot of people in relationships right now that may not be the most healthy or positive relationships who may be staying simply because of the financial benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a tough one. It, and it really is. And so I, I feel like, and there's nothing I can say, I'm not going to give any sort of advice around that, but I will say that if you go into a relationship already in a good financial place, then that, that specific factor will not keep you if it's time to go. Right. So, you know, so it's hard because like, I know there are plenty of people who have been together for years and years and one partner doesn't feel comfortable being on their own financially. And that's like you said, you know, in your marriage, and that's a really tough one. Um, but as women in our forties, if we can make, try to make sure, try to ensure that we are in a good financial place now, as we're looking for potential partners, that will not be such a factor. So yep. that's all we can yep. do. I agree. I agree. Um, there's, I, I had it. I read an article that was kind of similar, like, are you ready for love? Um, and it was, I don't, I don't know, the whole website title is kind of weird, but it's amythedatingcoach.com. Did you read that one? I did not read that one. Amy, A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. Um, and, you know, the whole thing is, are you ready for love? Seven signs that you're truly ready, whatever. Um, so a lot of them are what you said, like um, you are able to take care of yourself financially. You don't need a partner to feel complete just kind of similar to what you said. Um, And then this one, I don't know if you said something similar, but you have realistic expectations about relationships. I thought that was a really good one. Better help one didn't reference that. I like that a lot. I thought that was really, really great because I do feel like we are fed the Cinderella tale growing up. Like, you know, you're going to meet that one person who's going to fulfill every single one of your dreams and fantasies, and they're going to be your everything. And the bottom line is there's nobody that's your everything. And I feel like maybe I'm preaching to the choir here. um, But I know that when I was younger, specifically, I really did believe in that fairy tale of that one person who will meet all of your needs. And then as I've gotten older, I realized like, you know what, there is no one person. And that's what girlfriends are for. Like if we have well, girlfriends to meet our emotional needs, sometimes it our partners can't or whatever. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and for if there is one person, it should be you and not well that yeah. should live that should reside within yourself and not you shouldn't put that on any other individual. One hundred percent. It does it's not fair to them or you know, it's not fair to anyone. Um and then the other piece of the the real wrist let me start over. The other piece of the realistic, this is what happens when I don't have bubbles, Jackie. I know. And I'm only (laughs) the way through my coffee. (laughs) Um, The other piece of having realistic expectations is that you are realistic about the fact that conflict is inevitable Mm. because I do feel like not necessarily I didn't have this because I kind of grew up in a family with a lot of conflict, but I think there are people who come into relationships that are just absolutely um, confused and taken aback when there's conflict and they don't know how to necessarily, well, and this includes myself, like most of us who've not been in a relationship don't really know what to do with that conflict. Like, how do you manage that? And we, 
you know, come into a relationship, you both have different expectations. And if you're coming in kind of saying, all right, we're not going to agree on everything, but how are we going to have this conflict? And, you know, how are we going to manage it? I think that's a huge piece of it. Well, and you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we were raised on fairy tales and how did they all end? And they lived happily oh, ever, happy after. ever after. Bullshit. And so, <laughs> so, you know, there's no um, epilogue to Cinderella that shows the first time Prince Charming or Prince Charming was mm-hmm. Snow White, but whoever, the first Whatever. time the prince leaves the toilet seat up, how did they handle that? And you know, right. what to do when he throws his wet towel on the floor and just leaves it there. Or when mm-hmm. she leaves, you know, hair in the sink or in the yeah. bath, like, you know what I'm just, saying? Like, and, and those are like the little, little examples, but it's things that, yeah, every couple deals with. And, and what if you come from a family where there's a lot of fighting and your partner comes from a family where nobody fights, there's no conflict at all because it's all kept inside. I mean, those are two very different styles. Um, yes. And, you know, it's funny, you mentioned the whole, like, Prince Charming, Happily Ever After. So I have dated someone who is, okay, I'm not a rom-com person. We've talked about this, but <laughs> I've dated someone who is really into rom-coms. I mean, it's his favorite thing. They're his favorite genre. And I don't get it. I mean, he loves the Hallmark movies. He loves them all. And I sit there staring at him. And I feel really bad because he's sitting there on the couch next to me sobbing. And I'm like, Aww. are you? Yeah, no, you say that. You say that. <laughs> but you, but here's, and maybe I'm just way too realistic, but here's my take on that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes, the couple gets together in the end. Okay, first of all, there's extremely formulaic. We all know boy meets girl or girl meets girl or boy meets boy. Couple meets each other. Two people meet each other sparks fly they get together conflict ensues and then they're gonna end up together okay we know this is going to happen every time but what i always say to this person i'm like look that's great of course they're gonna end up together but the end of the movie is the beginning of the actual relationship right so we're only seeing the happily ever after but it's not happily ever after it's okay. They've gotten to see the idealized version of each other and now they get to actually do the work. So it's hard for me. And I know I'm, I'm like blowing this out of proportion, but like to see this person crying over the fact that they got together, I'm like, okay, great. But then what about what happens afterwards? They've got to do the work. So, (laughs) I mean, half of them are going to end in divorce anyway. (laughs) If they even get to the altar in the first place. (laughs) So, yeah. So I guess, my whole thing about the conflict thing is like, yeah, there's going to be conflict. Let's talk about it before it gets to the point of, well, didn't our guest will say that about how, when he first started dating his, his wife, they went to counseling right away because they're like, yes. there's going to be problems. Let's nip them in the bud as soon as possible. And they wanted and sort of that stamp of approval before they really committed to each other, which well, I think and kind is of, yeah, brilliant. Super smart. Brilliant. And also like knowing what the red flags are before they show up and just completely blindside you, which I think is super important. So, okay. So that's just my little segue. Sorry about that. I just go down that road of the rump. I'm like, Oh, makes me crazy. That's okay. Um, And then let's see if there's any others that I wanted to bring up. Well, here's, here's one that you've probably touched on a little bit, but um, you're open to finding love again. 
Mm-hmm. And I think you've talked about that in a previous episode, like not getting discouraged easily, willing to do new things, kind of basically being willing to actually put yourself out there in a real way, being hopeful, well, being optimistic. It's interesting because I, I shared with you, I don't know that I, I shared it. I might have said something on the, on the podcast about it, but recently, you know, we had our, um, we had a guest Kedra who is a, uh, psychic. Mm-hmm. And I went and visited her after um, I found myself back back in the dating pool yet again. I, like I had dipped a toe in the in the relationship, and, and then it didn't work out. So um, I went to see her just to find out, like, what's coming? What what does that look like? And I had never seen a psychic before, so it was really interesting to hear what she had to say. She's really fascinating. Highly recommend if you're even curious about what it's like to go see a, a psychic. Um, let us know. We'll get you her contact information. She's great. Um, but one of the things that she called out about me, which really hit home, was that she's like, okay, so I can tell that you want that partner, that relationship, that you, that in your head you want that. She goes, but your walls are up, man. Your walls are up. And oh, I wow. Went, yes, they are. And so well, that was right it, after, right? It, it was shortly after, yeah. So it was interesting. But I do think I kind of approach a lot of relationships that way. So since then, I've been doing some work on what does it mean to actually be open? Right. How right. do you, how do you, other than just saying it, okay, I'm open. That mm-hmm. sounds great. But there is some, yeah. um, some work that you have to do right. to help create openings in, in your walls. Like it's important to have boundaries, of course, but you have to have ways to let doors to let people in, Right. What does that look like? Tell me me what that looks like to you, because I I get the metaphor, but what does that look like? Well, I think it just means vulnerability, being willing to be vulnerable when you find that person that when you find someone, you have to be willing to take the risk of vulnerability. Like you can't have all the rewards of a relationship without making yourself at least a little vulnerable. And that can be incremental. Like I can trust you with this amount of vulnerability. And then if that goes well, you know, then when I feel comfortable, I can expand on that because it takes time to build trust. Right. But if you expect someone to get to a point in your life where they're committed enough that now you're just going to, okay, now I can be vulnerable. That's not going to really work. So I think you have, yeah, I think you have to be incremental in, for me, anyway, that's probably what it looks like to me. Vulnerability is such an interesting and it's multifaceted topic. Um, I would really love to do a whole episode on vulnerability because Absolutely. that is something that I have been struggling with Um yeah, I, I think I've always struggled with, like, I know I am open in a lot of ways, but if I'm with a partner who I don't feel is willing to be vulnerable with me, I can clam up pretty easily yeah. and stop wanting to. Um, I think that's probably human nature. Like we, it's so hard, like, you know, like you were saying, like you open the door, like how far do you open it? How wide do you open it? And if someone isn't opening theirs, is yours going to shut? I mean, it's, like this back and forth dynamic of like how much do I reveal given how much they're revealing and can I just like lay 
Oh, I'm literally looking at my foster dog right now and he's lying on his back with his belly completely exposed. And that is exactly my visual for being vulnerable. It's like, am I just going to lie on my back and expose my entire underbelly and hope that you don't stomp all over me? I don't know. Hope that you give it rubs and yeah. Well, or, or that you can at least partially roll over and let me see a little bit of yours as well and not just stay, you know, not just be standing over me realizing that I'm offering this up to you and you're not offering it back. It's yeah. So I was just curious, like what that looked like as far as like really opening yourself up, you know, even a little bit, like, give me an example of that. Like, um, so oftentimes when I, uh, often is <laughs> enough. honestly, since I have been back in the, you know, since my marriage ended and been back, you know, in this world of dating, I haven't really been in a relationship where we talked about my, my, you know, prior relationships. We might cover, oh, well, here's, you know, what happened in my marriage, right? But then, you know, it's been 10 years. I've dated different people. I've had different experiences. And I just assume, well, he isn't interested because he doesn't ask. And then I don't necessarily ask about, well, what's gone on with you unless they, they volunteer something. And right. so I think in a lot of ways that's keeping my walls up because I'm holding in some of the um, experiences that I'm bringing with me to the relationship that maybe color my my feeling and my um, you know my behavior to a certain extent where I get triggered those kinds of things but because I don't want to share them out of fear I'm going to chase this person off or this person isn't going to understand or they're going to judge me I just keep all that to myself and so for me being open to love means being open to being vulnerable and and being willing to share those things that I previously kept to myself out of you know all the different stories I've told myself about why this person right. wouldn't care or doesn't want to know or whatever right so so understanding look- communication, okay. better, honest, open, clear communication is sometimes really hard to do because it make, makes you vulnerable. And I have withheld that in the past, except for so you. People. Look- I tell you people everything. <laughs> well, isn't that funny that I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, I was just telling someone the other day, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty private. You know, I don't share a lot. And then I was like, well, except on the podcast, then I share everything. <laughs> but- <laughs> So it's so funny. I have these these wine. I'm going to call them groupies, and they might be listening now because they finally found out about the podcast. I hope um, so. But they're so funny. So they followed me from one of the wineries where I pour, and then they asked, "Well, when are you pouring at the other one? We want to come and 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 do a tasting there when you're going to be there." And so they came in this last weekend, and it was super fun. And I said something about you, and I was like, "Oh, well, my my um friend that I have a podcast with," and then I said whatever finished my sentence and started to walk away they're like whoa 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 you can't <laughs> drop that bomb and then walk away and so yeah. you know, I kind of started sharing that with them but it's kind of funny because you're right we say things on here that I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> but we plan these conversations and you know what I mean well and there's this know. there's this veil of anonymity because it's it's like yes we know that we're talking to all of these people out there, except that right now it's just you and me. So it's like, you know, you know, these things about me, I know these things about you. And so it does feel very much like, oh, well, we're not really sharing with anyone else, but really we are. So, you know, well, what's, what's wonderful about that. And, and I have to thank all of the beat heads who listen and who provide feedback too. It's interesting because 
afterwards and we post this episode and put it up there and we've been raw and vulnerable and, Mm -hmm. and everything. (laughs) And then you go, Oh fuck, people are actually going to hear this. (laughs) And then I get some of the most honest, open, communication from people who love and care about me who are like, I never knew that about you. Why didn't you ever tell me that? Why? Well, now that makes sense that you did this or that you act this way or what, like, and it's so funny because now I've opened the door to some great honest conversations with people in my real life Hmm. that, that I probably just, it doesn't come up in the day-to-day conversation. And, and so it's kind of fun. Well, this might actually helpful. This might explain why you are more ready for love now, too. Oh, this podcast, a hundred percent, right? Has has made me, put me, helped me get into a better position to be able to say that for sure. Well, then you know what, Jackie, my work here is done. Oh no, it's not, sister. We got a lot of stuff to cover. <laughs> okay, so that's what I had in that article. Um, I had something I I thought yeah. was fun. Um, and maybe you looked at this article as well, but I came across a men's health article and Ooh, I thought it would be I'd interesting to hear what, uh, you know, what advice is being given to men around this topic because, mm-hmm. you know, we're open-minded women, but neither one of us has a penis. So well, you haven't seen me naked, but yeah, let's go with that. I'm, I'm okay. I'm making an assumption here. <laughs> You're right. Okay. You're right. Go ahead. You did reference your vagina earlier. So I'm just extrapolating from there. Um, So men's health had a similar article. um, And the advice that they gave is, you know, you're ready for love. If you're craving something quote unquote more, the other thing that the men's health said was, and this article was only like two to three years old. says you realize the societal ideas of quote unquote manliness are outdated And so what they meant by that was really there's this sense that for men, bachelorhood is praised as opposed to, you know, references to being in a relationship are like ball and chain and that kind of thing. And so they're saying when you realize that that's all kind of bullshit, then Mm -hmm. maybe you're ready for um, love, right? Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, You have a strict set of values, which I think applies to more than just men. Um, and you realize that the right relationship isn't about quote unquote settling down. Cause you hear that mostly when you're talking about men, like in, in movies and, and in the media, we talk about, Oh, why doesn't he just settle down already? Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, the article points out that you don't have to settle down if that's what you want. Great. If you want to have someone to hang out on the couch with and watch TV, great. But if you crave a, adventurous lifestyle and all of that you don't have to give up that adventurous lifestyle you just have to have the right partner who will go along on those adventures with you so that Mm. being in a relationship does not necessarily mean this idea of quote-unquote settling down or like giving up who you are like you don't have to because I think that is a lot of people's fears I mean I know I've had that fear before of like getting into a relationship that forces me to give up parts of who I am. And it doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way ever. Like you should be in a relationship or find love with someone who brings out the best parts of you. And even if they don't always have every one of the same interests, will never ever try to make you less than you are in any way. Well, and that goes back to, to 
you're content being, you know, being alone because I think mm -hmm. the best relationships are when two complete people come together, Absolutely. not two half people who are hoping that my <laughs> half meshes. Like you think about those best friend heart necklaces that are oh my God. puzzle pieces, yeah. right? Like if you're looking for your other puzzle piece, you're never going to find them. Yeah. But if two complete people come together, they're going to have some common interests and they're each going to have some separate things and you can have mm -hmm. both and have a really fulfilling mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah, no, Says I love me, that. The perpetually single gal. Stop. You're ready for love now. <laughs> I am. Proprice.com <laughs> told me in a 10 question quiz. Yeah. So it's obviously the internet told me, so it must be true. And then the last thing that Men's Health said is your heart is telling you it's right. And it's funny because in their description uh, of that, they mentioned heart, but they also mentioned gut. <laughs> so I do believe, men, that you have a similar system as I do, which Algorithm. is head, heart, gut, penis, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, if your head and your heart and your gut are telling you it's time, you know, you can listen to all of that. And um, hopefully your penis is on board. It's funny that I think this is very interesting that in the men's health magazine, they said they mentioned the heart because I feel like it's probably a mass generalization, but in general, men tend to be more logical. Women tend to be more emotional, more heartfelt. And so I was just thinking, as you're saying, follow your heart, my head is like, hell no, <laughs> just because of what I said before. But there, I'm sure there are lots of people in general, but like men who are so used to analyzing every single thing that they're like, oh, this person feels right, but my head is saying no, 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 no. And so this magazine's like, dude, just listen to your freaking heart already. So it's just interesting that it's speaking in different terms. Whereas for me, I'd be like, I probably should listen to my head more. Well, and within that whole subtopic, the fact that they mentioned, they titled it you know, your heart yeah. is telling you it's right. But the, the, the meat of that segment was really talking about your gut. So, you know, I just think maybe men and women really aren't all that different, Dion. Maybe we're more the same than we think. I, yeah. Well, and I think, especially as we get older, I, I mean, I definitely, I always, I mean, this is a joke more, but I always say that, you know, I'm, I'm more in touch with my testosterone because I feel like as I get older, I do get a little bit less hearty. And more, but that's, again, a, a big generalization. But yeah, I mean, hormones do change over time. That's all I'm saying. They certainly do. Um, and I think and they experience, you. we become more balanced people too. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully that is the so goal. Is I think goal. I'm more heady than I used to be. <laughs> I used to be all heart and vagina. Oh, sure. Gut and head were like, what? What's going Hell on? No. What, are, mm -hmm. what are you doing down there? And <laughs> now everyone checks in and it's important. So. One thing that I read that I thought was hilarious, hilarious, but also kind of cute. Um, there was an article on HuffPost. HuffPost. Oh, I read this one. I was going to talk about it too. I'm glad you're bringing Huff it up. Good, good, good called five ways to know you're ready for love mm -hmm. and the funniest not funny but i just thought it was really cute and it's kind of something that i've thought before but never articulated it basically said if you met the opposite sex version of you you would like them I and i that. thought about that i was like i have often thought to myself 
you know, not, not that I want someone who thinks exactly like me or acts exactly like me, but like, honestly, I really like myself and I think I'm like smart and fun and funny and, and, you know, witty and just fun to hang out with and not perfect. There's lots of things I'm working on, but I'm also very self-aware of that too, I think. Um, and so this is so cute because I said, um, she's, you know, this person saying, I talked to a lot of women who want to date someone who is quote better than they are, you know, cuter, richer, whatever. And then she said, but here's the thing. You're not really ready for love until you have enough self-respect that if you met your exact self, but in the opposite gender, you would totally, completely, absolutely want to be with them. And then, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. And then she said, if that's not true yet, I say, go become the person you are holding out for. I literally, I wrote, that, I literally I, wrote that quote on my notes. Go become the person you are holding out for. I literally wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Now, the, so, only anyway. except, the only exception I take to that whole statement is that it almost seems to imply that that's your person that you should be with. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Like, I, I love the idea that if I met this person, I would like them, but I don't necessarily think I'm looking for the male version of me as my relationship partner. I kind of think I am. Yeah, it does. But I I actually kind of think I'm not that I'm perfect, but I actually do think that I would like to find the male version of me. I do. And because I don't necessarily think opposites attract. I think they attract, but I don't know that they can stay together. I think if I found someone who was like me, enough like me, like maybe differences like in interest or whatever, but like I, I, yeah, I do think that that's what I would like. But I mean, it's okay. It's okay that you don't think that, but I just thought it was funny because I've literally kind of had that thought. And again, I'm not saying I'm the end all. I'm just saying I do like myself and I do feel like I would like to find the male version of me or female version. I don't know what I'm looking for, whatever. (laughs) Uh, I love that article too. What else from that article resonated with you? Uh, um, Well, this, this one was one that you already said before, but, um, you know, you're not, al- you're alone, but not lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, similar thought process, but just kind of a difference in the way they described it. Um, she said, uh, blah, 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 where is it? Uh, the difference between being alone and being lonely is about loving your life so damn much that a guy becomes a sprinkles on top of the cherry, on top of the whipped cream, hot fudge and ice cream that is your existence. I was like, oh my gosh, like your life is so amazing that then you find someone else and you're like, oh yeah. And then I always have room for like nuts on top of the whole thing or, you know, it's just something extra. He's not, or she is not the end all, but it's just makes it that much better. One of the things in that article that I really resonated with was um, you act your age because she, you know, the, the author mentions that a lot of times we want to lie about our age, which is fine. But if you're acting like a perennial 20 something and, and be bopping around and, and whatever, that's what you're attracting into your life. So if you, you're <laughs> able to act the age that you are, um, maturity wise, then you're ready yeah. probably for more of a relationship. Yeah, no, that's that. I love that. I thought that whole article was so interesting and a little bit different twist on it. It was really good and it was um, entertaining to read as well. Yes, yes, for sure. Not so academic. Um, yeah, so um, that's what I got. 
I have a couple more, and a lot of them say the same types of things. So um, I'll just reference these two kind of together. Yeah. There was a, a site I had never heard of, well, two. One called thinkaloud.net, which says, this is when you know you're ready to fall in love again. And then femina, F-E-M-I-N-A dot I-N, six signs you're ready for a relationship. So I'm just going to look at these real quick and make mm -hmm. sure that we aren't covering anything new. Oh, um, oh, hold on. That's not, that's not it. Oh, sorry. Femina. <laughs> Femina's is six, six signs you're not ready for a relationship. So we'll do that one in just a second. Cause I think that's interesting. So think aloud when you know you're ready to fall in love again, um, you can give your attention to just one person. You know that you are enough. Wait, go back to the last one. You can give your attention to just one person. You're not easily distracted by every buddy that walks by, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, knowing, that you, that knowing that you are enough, I think that's one that I've had to work on. And I feel like I'm, I'm if I'm not there, I'm really close. Um, this one was interesting. Your ex is now someone you used to know. What I love mm. about this is within my dating experience, I feel like a lot of the men that I have dated or been in relationships with still have a lot of connection and feeling for their exes. And mm -hmm. so that person is still, even if they're not present in their life, it's still present in their mind and heart. And right. so when that person actually, when you've got the closure and you've moved on and you can think of them fondly, but, but you're not still wrapped up in it and you can just go, Oh yeah, that's someone I used to know. That's, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, that's a good one. Um, you have a gut feeling, you know, your worth and you realize your mistakes. So those are all very similar to things we've talked about. Mm -hmm. So six signs, you're not ready for a relationship. Oh, what please, if, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Tell, what, what if you're not? Because I think that's okay. I think it's okay to say I am not ready for a relationship. Um, oh, and 100%. so if you want to focus on yourself, you know, whether you're hyper-focused on career, on schooling, on your own travel, like whatever it is, you're just so focused on yourself that you don't, you don't have attention to give to another person. You're not ready. Um, you can't imagine compromising for another person. Huh. Well, yeah. and I think that's interesting because if you go back to maybe some previous conversations you and I have had, Dion, about red flags or mm -hmm. orange flags or whatever, like I look at someone I know who politically has said, I will never even consider dating anyone whose political views are different than mine. Never. I will not. I will not compromise on that. And I think it's okay to have deal breakers. But it's funny because she met someone who challenged her political, um, not challenged, but just differed from her political position. Mm -hmm. And they make a great couple. And it's less well, of an issue than she thought, but she just kind of had to learn to compromise on that one thing. But how does she reconcile that? Like, she, if she had said, I will never do this, I will never date this person. And then she found out that they were different. How did she just say, oh, never mind. That doesn't matter. I mean, that that's interesting to me. 
Well, I think it comes down to maturity and growth, right? Like, remember, we've talked about how things that I thought were super important when I first entered the dating pool over time and through experience, I've gone, okay, well, maybe that's less important than I thought. I think she probably went through a similar evolution and just realized, okay, maybe I'm being too rigid on this and there's no real reason right. why dating someone who believes politically differently than me has to mean that I've, I've caved in some way. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I also feel like there, it comes down to mutual respect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm guessing that her partner isn't berating her for her views or trying to change her mind. Um, Correct. Or because that would be, I think that would be the deal breaker. Probably it would. would I would assume so. Yeah. <laughs> um, as opposed to just, you know, this is what I believe. It's okay that you believe differently. This is what I believe. I mean, that is a whole different thing. So good for her, though, yeah. for being able to just to yeah. let go of that. Mm -hmm. If you can't fully commit, um, they say, you know, they say that and whatever fully committing is, if you don't feel like you can do it, like, okay, I'll be in an exclusive relationship, but I'm not going to be vulnerable with you. Whatever fully committing is to you. If you can't give all of yourself to someone, you might not be ready to be in a relationship. Maybe... Maybe you just need to be in a friends with benefits situation or who knows. But um, if you can't really commit, you maybe not aren't ready. Um, this one I thought was interesting. You want a relationship just because everyone else has one. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that applies to younger people more than people our age. What do you think? That was my first thought. And then I thought it through. And my second thought was, at our age, what I find sometimes is, um, I don't know if it's FOMO, I don't know if it's like grass is greener, but I'm very happy and content being where I am. However, I will say that when I look at my girlfriends that are in, not just in relationships, but in happy, fulfilling relationships, um, it does give me a sense of wistfulness and envy. I'm super happy for them. Um, and also at the same time, I'm like, oh, I want that too. Uh, not necessarily, it's not necessarily that I'm thinking, oh, because everyone else is religious, I need to be. It's more like, I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you can relate to this. It's like, I feel like when we're in our 20s, we have so many choices ahead of us. Like, am I going to get married? Am I going to have kids? Am I going to have a career? Am I going to be a stay-at-home mom? I mean, there's so many choices. And then in our 20s, 30s, even maybe into our 40s, we're still making those basic choices. And then we get to this stage in life where, you know, you're 50, I'm almost there, where we look at our lives and we say, okay, we've made these choices. We, for the most part, own these choices we've made. And now we're living with them. So I don't regret that I, you know, didn't have the traditional life, that I wasn't, you know, didn't have the two kids and the house and the, you know what I mean? Like the house in the suburbs. I don't regret that. And at the same time, <laughs> when I look at my friends who did make those choices, there's a little bit of like, Ooh, huh. You know, did like questioning almost, or did I do the right thing? I mean, yes, I'm happy. I'm content. And also I think I could have been content in that life too. The road Does that not make path, sense? or the path not traveled. Yeah. Right? The path not taken, which is my favorite poem. Um, so there's that. So so there are times when I think, oh, I, I, I would like to have all of that. Now, it's too late. It's too late to have all of that. <laughs> but 
maybe part of that, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. just like the solid relationship that I feel like very fully content in. Yes. Well, and it's interesting because I think about it from a, a different perspective, which is, yeah. and maybe even more in, in my twenties, this was true. Like when I was single and I would see friends that were in relationships and they seemed happy. And I was like, well, I don't feel happy, but that person mm. seems happy. So if I find a relationship, then I'll be happy. Right. Mm. So I think at least my younger self would have wanted it because everyone else had it, because that's what happiness looked like to mm. me at that right. time. Um, and I think now that I'm older, I can go, yeah, no, I need to be happy first and then let the relationship flow from that. Mm -hmm. Um, but now, yes, I do want to be in a relationship. I want that because I want the fulfillment that comes with that. But I don't want it just because other friends of mine, you know, I have really honest conversations right. with the people in my life. And as we talked about, no one's perfect. No relationship is perfect. Relationships, no. have, relationships have struggles and sadness and hardships that are different than the struggles and sadness and hardships single people go through. But mm -hmm. that's just life. There's, there's ups and downs on either side. So um, I'm well, more realistic about yeah. that now. And I will say that I, I do have a couple of friends who have been married 20 plus years, which is what I would have been at this point, right? If I'd stayed. Um, and yes, they have been through the roughest of rough times and they came out the other side and now they're in this together. And it's almost like because of all those things, they are, well, it's not because, it's not almost like, it is because of that. Because of all those things they went through, they are so much stronger and they're more in love than they even were before. And I think there's something beautiful about that, about that, mm -hmm. the seasoning of that, the relationships. Um, so yeah, I, there are times that I'm like, huh, what would have happened if I could have stuck it out? Now, I'm, I'm not saying it would have been that way. I mean, maybe at some point it wouldn't have worked, but like what would have happened? And then, you know, maybe 20 years down the line, I could have been on the other side of all those troubles. I don't know. And I'll never know. So I don't waste time going down that path of, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Right. But I but I do look at those relationships and there's a little bit of wistfulness of, huh, what would that be like? That That's really great for them. And not that they're perfect by any stretch, but that they have made this work and they're actually happy. Because <laughs> I see a lot of relationships that, are, that are still there, but they're not happy. They're, they're like miserable. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking right. about the people who have gone through the fire and come out the other side together and stronger than ever. And I love that. I do too. I think that's beautiful. I think mm -hmm. for me, that's the hope is that you find yeah. that partner that you can go through life's travails and come out a little stronger every time. Mm -hmm. A little, mm -hmm. a little more united. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I agree. With I guess you. we still have time for that. I guess we still have time. <laughs> well, of course we do. Sometimes I feel like time, baby. It's only half time. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> so oh. okay. So once you're ready, Dion, you know we've okay. This is what ready looks like, right? That's what we've been talking about. Okay. What do, What do we do? You know, I've I've. Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of work. Like I, I read Gabby Bernstein's book a lot and, and her advice is, you know, you just sit back and relax and let it happen once you're ready and you you're putting that out there and you're working on yourself and all of that. Just so they, she uses the phrase surrender and some of the other articles I read use that as well. We just sort of surrender to it and go, okay, I'm ready. Here it comes. Or, or is it better <laughs> to, to, you know, get back online or, 
you know, sign up with a dating matchmaking service and then go find it. Is there a right? Is there a wrong way? What do you think? No, absolutely not. There's no, there's no wrong way. There's no right way. There's your way. Uh, it's funny. I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, <laughs> this is such, you know how you always say that these episodes are cathartic and they're like therapy for mm-hmm. you. Like, I don't always feel that way, but with this one, I'm really, really getting a strong sense of that. Um, I Good. have, yeah. And I don't know that I have any answers, but as far as the right or wrong way to do it, I feel like I'm such a, such a doer in so many ways. Like I do believe in timing. I think timing's everything, but I'm also someone who doesn't like to sit around and just wait for things to happen. Like I'm always like, okay, let's go put me in coach. What can I do? And so I'm the person that the second I'm single, I'm like, okay, going back online and I'm going to go out and meet people and I'm going to join all these organizations and I'm going to like go volunteer at the shelters. And I'm like, I'm always like, let's do stuff. And then I'm going to meet people. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Is that the right way or the wrong way? It's my way. Is it working for me so far? Eh. So maybe I'll try a different way. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe (laughs) I'll just sit and say universe, bring it. But maybe I'm not ready. See, Jackie, look, all these questions that you're bringing up. I don't know. I don't have answers well, to this one. And I think that's that's one of the challenges about this field in which we find ourselves talking all the time. <laughs> because I honestly believe there are no right or wrong answers. Mm. For me right now, I'm kind of tired of the work of going on doing <laughs> the, the online or the, you know, just... Like just the work of it is exhausting. And so I'm really um, leaning into this, just relax, make yourself ready, um, put it out there in, you know, in your, in your energy and your spirit and your words and your actions that you're ready and then relax about it. And so that's kind of where I'm approaching it right now. Um, Because I, you know, I, cause, cause, the work of it, it felt like spinning my wheels and it was making me crazy, making well, it and, crazy. And it's funny because I, and I hear that from you and from my point of view, I've always, I don't know, it's just hard for me to just, and maybe it's just to keep myself distracted, but I'm always like, okay, I'm just going to go do these things. And so, Hey, I'm going to try something different and not do those things and see what happens. Okay. But also, I feel like I need to get ready. And I feel like you're in a, such a different spot than I am. I feel like I need to just <laughs> be alone and get ready. And just make myself, work on myself more. And to be fair, I mean, I'm super busy right now. My work is really busy. It's getting busier through this next couple months. You know, we do this podcast. I have other stuff going on. I have a lot in my life. And I... I would like to have that relationship we're talking about, but I also don't need to be spinning my wheels right now trying to find that. Right. I just need to be where I am and be okay with that. And that's, so that's my work. It's just, just be okay with not going out there and trying all those things. It's so funny. Cause when you said, and I, I don't mean to make light of what you're saying because I, I think oh, you're right you, when you said maybe I just need to get ready. I have like <laughs> in the back of my head the Rocky montage going. Yeah. Where he's yeah. like hitting the, the bag and doing all the training to get ready for the big the big match, right? And 
Maybe that's maybe that's what that's, all of this is. <laughs> that's so me. That is so me, though. I'm like running up the stairs, and you know, like, the, the stairs. The yeah, yeah. And the <laughs> jumping anybody, rope. And the... Anybody who knows me right now is is laughing and going like, "Yep, that's her." Like, I'm like, "Let's go, let's go do something, let's go run around." Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's your training. You're just you're in training. That's what we both I'm, are, though. Like, honestly, this whole podcast is my training. Uh, because yeah. how much, how much, I I can honestly say how much I feel like I have grown and learned through this. I mean, when we did episodes on when to know if it's time to break up and how to break up with someone, and I took that directly into the next time I needed to end a relationship, and it was so much <laughs> better for me than mm-hmm. any breakup I'd ever had um, because I felt like, oh, my God, I can get closure because I can own this process, and I can mm-hmm. do this. And... I come now from a place of, and this is probably off topic and whatever, but I used to approach dating from a standpoint of, gosh, I hope this person likes me. And what do I need to do to make this person like me? And that mentality is so gone from me now where, yes, I do. Of course, if I meet someone I like, I want them to like me, but I'm so much more concerned with the first part of that, which is, do I even like them? Yes. Yes. And I used to be willing to overlook a lot because, well, he likes me. Mm-hmm. So I can overlook things that I really had no business overlooking. And and not to be specific to anyone, I like that sounds like I'm knocking on people that I've dated, and particularly no, no one recently that I've dated. But in the past, <laughs> over the last 10 years, there are people that I have spent time with and would have kind of turned myself inside out for because yes. they liked me, and I wanted to keep them liking me. And now... Mm-hmm. I'm just much healthier emotionally about how I approach dating and relationships. So this point, well, like, you, my friend have helped me tremendously. Yes. I'm so happy. It sounds like your confidence is just grown by leaps and bounds. Like you just are owning who you are and you're like, this is me. And if you don't like me, move along. I'm <laughs> like, getting there. Amazing. I mean, there are still like, I have a couple of friends who still are always like, I'm going to punch you in your face because they don't feel like I am confident enough, but I keep telling them I am working on this. And this right here is evidence that I'm working on it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's happening. I'm so. so excited for you. And that's yay. So there you go. So we both have, we both are learning and growing and evolving. And I talked to someone the other day and they made a comment where like this person and I are the same age. And they said, this is who we are. And I don't see us changing much. And I thought to myself, huh, I disagree with that. Like, I'm not saying we're going to make huge changes, but I feel like change is the wrong word. I feel like growth and evolution are the words that I'm looking at. Like, yes, this is who I am. This is my core personality. This is the person I am. And I love myself. Will I change a whole lot? Maybe not. But will I grow and evolve? Absolutely. And I feel like I completely agree. Yes, That's where I am I right now. Agree. I'm always looking to grow and evolve and learn new skills and learn new ways of thinking about things. And yeah, it's, it's all well, part of the process. And I hope that never changes. Stop, if you stop growing, you become stagnant. And who wants that? Well, some people, it's some people, stagnant some people don't and mind that. Some That's <laughs> where all the mold and algae grows. And Ew, you don't want okay. that. No, some people are more so. comfortable there though. Let's just be honest. That's true. That's true. So, so do right. you have any big What's, takeaways? Mm, um, I feel like this whole episode was a big takeaway. 
Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, I think it's always so interesting to hear your perspective and, and um, see where we, where our paths are crossing and where they're kind of diverging. I, I feel like I'm becoming more clear on the fact that I'm maybe not ready for a relationship and that's okay. Um, yes, it is. And it's a thank you. Um, yeah, I guess that's, I don't know. There's there, there was no earth shattering takeaway from the research, but more just mm -hmm. kind of within myself, if that makes sense. I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, I, I always take something away from our conversations. And like you pointed out, the, the research was interesting, um, interesting sort of framework for things mm -hmm. that I think maybe we already knew, interesting ways to think about mm -hmm. this idea. Um, but particularly just in going through the, the research and kind of looking at the different checklists and knowing that in my heart and in my gut, I'm like, okay, Jackie, you're ready. So that's so just, cool. You're ready. So it's interesting to sort of go through then the process of researching the topic and taking that ever so important quiz that <laughs> confirmed and validated that in fact, the internet believes I'm ready, but it, it's just interesting to have something to sort of support what I've been feeling in my heart. Mm -hmm. So well, bring I love it on universe. Got... I'm ready. <laughs> I like that you've, your message is that you are ready. And my message is maybe I'm not ready. That's kind of cool, actually. I think so. I think kinda so. Cool. I, love oh, I love that for yeah. us. <laughs> I love it for you more, but okay. <laughs> I think as long as you know where you are yeah. and can, and can find happiness within that space, wherever it is, then, for then sure. that's good for, for you. Okay. So well, knowing where you are that. is step one. <laughs> That's right. Knowing is half the battle, Jackie. Isn't that what they Andy told us? Said so on Saturday morning. Yes. Oh, but yeah. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, my friend. As, as always, it's been a pleasure, and we will get together next week in yes. person and chat, and we will sort out the next several episodes. And it's gonna—they're gonna be amazing. I know that for sure. Yes. Whatever they thank are. Thank you. Thank you, Beatheads, for putting up with our little um, our little re rerun of an episode last week. It was a fun one. I hope you enjoyed it as much the second time as, as I did. It's actually um, one of my favorites of all. It's one of mine too. Yeah. yeah. I just love that one. Um, and in fact, I was talking to Kara the other day and I said, oh, we reran that episode. She was all excited. Um, oh, married Kara. Yes. Yes. She's married now. A sweet married girl. Um, <laughs> the man the she lived her life. Yeah. The only one from that bunch that um, is married now. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, so Beat Heads, thanks for always being here for us. We truly love you yeah, and appreciate you. Please, like I always say, <laughs> what does she share, always say? Share this with your network. We were at almost twenty thousand downloads. Yeah, I will make goodness. sure we'll make a big deal out of it when that happens. Um, okay. But we certainly want to keep growing this, and so yeah. every time you share it with people that you think would find it interesting, that helps. Um, and then always like, subscribe, re rate, review. Um, but only if you're going to rate us positively, please. Um, 
you know, those things also help kind of move us up in the uh, hierarchy of podcast finding that's out there. So um, whatever, whatever you can do helps us a ton. And we really just appreciate you all. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with so much more. Yes, so much more. All right. So thank you guys more. so much. Thank Thanks, you, Jackie. Everybody. Have Thanks, a good day. Steve. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.